based around five heavy hitters behind the scenes. Speaking of five heavy hitters behind the scenes, intro. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Scouts. We have returned. The five are on it once again, man. I'm not good at this hosting thing. Cody, you're much more better at it. But see, that's my my English too. Cody's much more better at this. Speaking of Cody, I'm just going to introduce the guys, man. Delby Manuel is going to sponsor this, but yeah, whatever, man. This we're we're all here. We're all repping our brands, our our things, our our names, man. So Cody, I'm going to introduce our first Scout. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Dude, I am fantastic. I'm I'm truly just happy and excited to be here with you boys. Obviously, we we have the chat that goes all year long, but it's always good just to to get in front of the screen to get some FaceTime with you boys. Uh, you know, lo- love all these chats when we when we're able to get to do them. So I'm I'm just excited to be here. And I will let let me put up this disclaimer: we are talking about quarterbacks today, and I have no goddamn idea what I'm looking at when it comes to quarterbacks. So Dwight. If you just want to, you know, whenever you go to edit this, if you want to put the Charlie Brown voice over top of mine every time I go to talk, that'll that'll be just fine. I've heard transparency is important in this space, so uh, well done, Cody. <laughs> Way to make it fully trans transparent. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I I actually I tried to dethrone Dwight on this episode to take over the the hosting chair so that I could just make you guys give all the takes, but Dwight was like, no. This is my fucking show. I'm the one doing it. And he actually threatened all of us. Uh, you know, talk about full transparency. Uh, he, he actually threatened us with violence. So that is why this is going on the, the Debbie manual. Yes, because I'm such a threatening individual. All right. Speaking of threatening individuals, our second scout, Jay Mike. What's up, bud? Yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Happy that we can bring the group back together again. Uh, the second annual return of the scouts. So I'm, I'm happy to hear. Uh, and, and it's always better when we get Cody's uh, breakdown of what scout stands for uh, or Robbie, either one, they, they give that really well. So I'm looking forward to either of them breaking that down when their turn comes, but yeah, happy to be back at it with the quarterbacks uh, revamping how we do things a little bit. So yeah, I'm excited. Right. Right. Speaking of Robbie, Robbie, can you break down scouts for us? <laughs> you know, it, it was about, I think it was about a year ago, we all jumped into a Vox chat together and uh, started this up. And I, I feel like I had some acronym or two or three at the time. I can't remember any of them, but uh, by the end of the night, I'm going to I'm gonna dig one up and speak it to the world. So stay tuned. I think Cody just kind of made them up as he went. So <laughs> Was it like that it was a society for collegiate opinions or something? You're you're there. I feel like that's on the right track. Yeah, something something along those lines. It was literally almost like you did it without even thinking, which is usually the best way you do things. So, anyway, without thinking. <laughs> All right. Robbie, introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll get down to the Emmy winner. Yeah, uh, Robbie Jeffries, 
rocking with uh, Cody over at the Fantasy Authority. Uh, as he stated earlier, uh, he has uh, tried to take over host duties, a little bit lacking on the QB knowledge. And I've learned everything from him, which means I will give just as many educated takes or just as few. So, yeah, really excited to kind of chew this up with you guys. It is an interesting class, so let's see what we all have to offer. Right, right. Yeah, that's what we're here to We're just here to talk this through and, and kind of give you guys an idea of what we think. So, all right, our next arm of Voltron, the fourth arm or whatever, arm, the leg, whoever you want to do this, Mr. David Berger. How you doing, Berg? As long as he's not the third leg. I'm I'm the fourth leg. I'm a fourth leg kind of guy. Um, if you get to know me and my personality, you're like, oh, that's like a fourth legger. Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, my child has uh, now transitioned to bath time, so should be good to go here. Uh, excited to be here. I've had a uh, horrible day betting on college basketball, so to get my mind off that, let's uh, get the wheels turning uh, on some quarterbacks. Uh, and it's, it's an exciting class, uh, so let's do it. Last but not least, I am Dwight, FF People's Champ on Twitter. Work of the nerds. I've, I've been, unlike Cody, I've watched about 65 games of, of quarterbacks, I swear. I'm actually, just as we were, I was waiting for you guys to come on, I was cutting down a Mac Jones game. So, um, sorry, man. So, I don't know. I'll try to kind of help guide things along, but I definitely want to hear what you guys see because I, I, I've had it pretty my top six for a little while, but, you know, people keep saying things on Twitter that make me second guess what I've seen and I go back and watch. So, I'm happy to be on and talk with you guys and see what you guys all think of these. So, all right, we'll dive right in. The top quarterback in this class, we're going to go, I don't know, this is pretty much a consensus one, although lately with all this Urban Meyer to Jacksonville talk, it seems to be like some people think that he's not the consensus quarterback. We'll go Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, the golden boy, touchdown Jesus. Uh, The stats on this guy are crazy, man. He's um. He's through for just over 10,000 yards in three years, 20 or 90 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, six foot six, 220 pounds. He's been anointed the second coming of the best, I mean, the best quarterback pro- prospect since Andrew Locke. I mean, it's, uh, there's nothing more you can say about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I feel like we've, he's been talked in circles. He is the 101. I don't care what anybody says. If Jacksonville does not take him, I hope J. Mike runs through the streets, burns down some stuff, because, yeah, that'd be a huge, 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 like, mistake by Jacksonville. So, all right, we'll start with you, Robbie. Robbie, what do you see when you see Trevor Lawrence, man? What do you like about his game? I mean, there's there's not a lot to hate on. Um, so I like a, a lot of his game. I, I think whenever you're talking about fantasy, you're looking for that dual-threat quarterback, and and that's just the first box that I like to, to check off and – he, not only does does he have that, um, a couple quarterbacks have that in here, but his his progression is just. I think when when you saw what he did last year, you knew there had to be a drop off, and, and we were all kind of waiting for it. And you know, I, I think his his season last year was uh, better than this year for multiple reasons. Obviously, lost Justin Ross um, and some other talent there, but he he can, came back and, and just had another unbelievable season. Doesn't turn the ball over that often. Um, is just poised in the po- poised in the pocket, um, yeah. So there's really not a lot to not like about him. Um, I'd say my one knock on him is I think sometimes he he kind of locks onto his receiver and he'll he'll kind of telegraph a throw every now and then. But um, that's just kind of picking um, just little little pieces of his game to to improve at the next level. But yeah, man, he is 
just one of those guys where you, you kind of check it off, kind of like uh, Andrew Luck, you know, uh, can move around the pocket, um, works through progressions, um, you know, just all, has the arm strength, you know, can make can make those deep throws in tight windows um, on the sideline, across the middle, um, can attack a zone, you know, just all, all those different things we saw throughout, um, especially the last two seasons. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what's not to like. It all it almost seems as as though with Trevor Lawrence, we had the privilege of being able to kind of watch him unfold and and become the the star that he is right before our eyes. It wasn't a case where we had to wait like a Mac Jones that we had to wait uh, for for someone to get their chance. It was a case where he got he came on the scene and even with all of his faults back in 2018, we still watched him continue to grow and lead a championship quality uh, level team in Clemson. So obviously excited to be able to see him. I, I've got some questions. I'm, I'm curious what everyone else has to say in reference to Trevor Lawrence, because everyone is not everyone. And I go with the everyone's and the nobodies. People say uh, that he is the best prospect since Andrew Luck or since Peyton Manning or whoever in, insert name of most fantastic person that you've seen play the quarterback position. Uh, what, what's everybody else's thoughts real quick before we, before I, I, I attempt to, to poke some holes here. Yeah, I want, I want to hear the the whole poking because I, I, I kind of had the same question where it was maybe it's just because he makes everything look so easy. But like you hear that all the time, like best prospect ever, can't miss all this. And like I watched, like obviously he's good. And like I said, like I don't like when it comes to like breaking down actual quarterback play in terms of mechanics and reads and all that stuff, that's where you know, like my lack of knowledge comes in. But I watch him like, oh, damn, he's really good anticipation, arm strength, you know, all that stuff. But then, like, you hear all these guys talk about, you know, best prospects since whatever. And I'm like, what? Uh, uh, all right. Like, cool, I guess. So, like, I, I was curious. I kind of had the, the same question, J. Mike. Yeah. So so, so let me ask this to, to, to everyone and to, to those listening. Please remember, this is something that we do as a hobby. We don't get paid to, to scout. We are doing the best that we can with what we have. Uh, just trying to be able to help. check on Twitter. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to do the best we can uh, to help obviously give our perspective of what we see, but also to be able to help uh, just give our perspective and let you all uh, know what, what we're looking at here and, and what we're trying to break down. So when we look at Trevor Lawrence, uh, I guess some of the questions that I have is it just in reference to accuracy, because you have so many instances where he shows such good ball placement in a clean pot, clean pocket, uh, we see him driving the ball. There's every throw on the field that he can make. We we get all of that. My issue becomes in reference to like the quick slants, specifically this season um, and these, these shorter to intermediate passes where I'm seeing him throwing in the traffic often. I'm seeing him throw and not complete and not be as clean with these slants where we're watching other quarterbacks in this class be really proficient in the short to intermediate game. And I didn't see that as much with him this season. Do can can those am I tripping or am I bugging when I see or say those inconsistencies? Because I'm watching games against like Syracuse, Wake Forest, Miami, Notre Dame, where he's not as clean underneath. Uh, we see him hit a lot of deep balls, but but talk to me about what you all see just in terms of his short to intermediate game. Uh, <clears throat> well, I can't speak uh, eloquently or uh, with great knowledge about a short to inter- intermediate game, but in terms of uh, his flaws, he's tough because 
Clemson pretty much rolls and kills every team. So there's not a lot of situations where the guy is out there having to, you know, put himself out there and make a play, make a big comeback. I think there was one game this year, maybe it was Boston College or something. Um, Dwight might know better, um, where they had to come back and, and win. Um, so, you know, there's not a lot of tape of him, you know, we're, we're kind of nitpicking, you know, his short intermediate game on slants and stuff. But, uh, I have to say, you know, some of these bigger games, uh, uh, the high state game this year, Alabama game or LSU game last year, uh, the, the time they lost to Alabama. If you put pressure on him, the guy, you know, he's, he's not some like, superhero uh that's gonna come out a winner every time you know he uh you know his offense uh can stammer he can make mistakes he can force a ball force throws um i think he's a guy that you can definitely scheme against if you have the right people and i don't he doesn't have a, a real track record of making massive comebacks like you know peyton manning managing the game at the end uh Managing clock, getting the ball down, short, quick throws, making that, making the the plays to make the comeback. So I think maybe it's not shortcomings, but there's question marks around Trevor Lawrence whether or not he can really make that leap into a truly great quarterback when you know he has all the the physical tools and seemingly uh, the, the mental makeup to uh, make plays at the the highest of collegiate level. Yeah, uh, GMI, kind of going back to your your point on his short throws, you know, I, I'm not in the, the the depth of the videos that, that you've seen. I've watched three um, of his games, and like I said before, I, I think I've seen him at times kind of stare down. He knows that slant is his first option, and he's thrown it because he knows nine times out of ten his wide receiver wins that, and so he's thrown it kind of just as a as a reflex and, and I think sometimes that decision-making, I'd prefer him to – obviously you have snap plays that you know you're going to hit every time just because your, your wide receiver is going to win. So, you know, every now and then that, that's going to uh, fail you. But I did see a couple of shorter throws. Um, ETN, you know, a, a couple of, of – well, where are they? The swings out of the backfield um, where he does miss a, a couple of those. But, you know – Again, I think we are are nitpicking. This is a guy that had maybe maybe even seventy percent completion. I don't, I don't know what his completion. I don't have the stats. I guess we have we created a link, so I could probably click and bring it up. But I think he had statistically his his most uh, his um, best season completing um, the football to his his receivers. And so, um, yeah, I think I think that definitely can be a flaw uh, of his is, is kind of staring down that receiver or or maybe making an anticipation throw that shouldn't be um, shouldn't be there, but. Yeah, hit, hit that that arm strength. I, I know we're going to say arm strength a lot, and I kind of yeah. want to categorize it when we said Andrew Luck. And, and I have not been doing this long enough to to have known how Andrew Luck was as a prospect. I was not even looking at college tape then. Um, but from the last three or four years I've done it, uh, this is this is a guy that just seems to throw that ball effortlessly. Effortlessly doesn't even need his lower body. Sometimes it's it's. I don't want to say like Patrick Mahomes like that just opens up a whole can of worms, but he just seems to. Yeah, Cody's got the eyes, the bug eyes there, uh, the SpongeBob face. But you know, he he just makes um, some throws that I think I don't I don't see a ton of other guys make. Um, so I think that's where I think he gets some of that 
best prospects since just because I, I don't know. It, it's he, He's obviously been great on a great team, like we've all said. We haven't seen him have to do a lot of comebacks. So whenever you're on a team like that, you're always going to be hyped up um, starting for multiple multiple years. Um, but then on top of that, just the, the, the ability to push the ball down the field is really, really good. I just noticed his career completion percentage is 66.6. Yikes. Six, six, six. <laughs> Mark of the Big I'm off. I'm off. Fade. Fade. Yeah, just like that. No longer the one on one. <laughs> it, it, and, and I'll just say this, we, we were nitpicky and, and, and I asked that at being nitpicky and I, and I just wanted to hear your all's thoughts but uh, obviously someone who's driving the ball like nobody's business on deep outs deep comebacks uh, someone who's able to hit the go route with ease the post route with ease um, on back shoulder fades he's he's nailing Higgins and uh, Ross and and perhaps maybe even a lot of those wins that we saw from him in 2019 where he's just making these highlight play after highlight play this year, he's throwing to Cornell Powell, who's a good player, but Hey, might, might be undrafted and Amari Rogers, who might be a day three wide receiver. So all of a sudden you're not looking at a couple of guys who are first round quality wide receivers. Um, so, so uh, p- perhaps that's part of it. But again, you talk about the ultimate fantasy cocktail in mobility, arm strength, accuracy, Lawrence is top of class when it comes to putting everything together, not really being deficient at just about anything, being good to very good at just about everything, which uh, which makes him a pretty clean prospect to, to a lot of folks. Yeah, one last thing uh, real quick, because uh, we, we mentioned the mobility. And uh, I think uh, even for me, I think Justin Fields, who I think we'll probably talk about next or, or soon, he might profile as the more traditional Konami code QB that you know you, you want out there the Lamars uh, of the world. Uh, we are getting that high rushing floor uh, in addition to passing. But Lawrence had nine touchdowns on the ground his junior or his sophomore year, eight touchdowns this year in a shortened season where he played less games because of COVID as well. Uh, he chipped in almost 600 yards on the ground his sophomore year as well. So while he might not be uh, out there, you know, being you know, Lamar Jackson, the guy certainly uh, is athletic uh, with his legs. And uh, I, I foresee him utilizing uh, that skill set at the next level. Ladies and gentlemen, for those following along at home, please fill out Konami code on your bingo card that has uh, been marked off of your bingo card. Well, you got to say it. You got to say it. Yeah. Is it really a fantasy podcast and we're talking about quarterbacks if we don't say Konami code? Correct. Yeah, one could definitely say that I, I think Lawrence is a better rusher than Fields, but, you know, he doesn't fit that profile as well. But, man, watching him run, he get those legs, man, he just, like, covers a lot of ground very quickly for a really tall, lanky white kid. So, all right, who wants to lead off the Justin Fields conversation? Because this one I feel like could take up a lot of the show if we wanted it to. <laughs> so, like, I'll go through the specs real quick, 6'3", 228. Great build, you know, really solid guy. I like the like his size, uh, everything about him. So, anyways, his college statistics, like we said, he does have a little bit of a rushing, but as a passer, he has been absolutely lethal. Sixty-seven touchdowns and like nine interceptions, including forty-one and three last year. It was one of the sickest seasons I've ever seen. Uh, Fifty-seven hundred yards. Uh, let me see his rushing. Like like Berg just said, he had ten. Fields had ten touchdowns rushing last year. Five this year. 
definitely doesn't he's not a guy that goes to that rush very often but when he does he is a very dangerous runner he can cover a lot of ground very quickly as well very athletic quarterback guys who wants to start off on the justin fields conversation j mike you want to lead us down the path for justin fields or i would love to and i would also like to posit that there is not as big of a gap between fields and lawrence as some may have you believe fields is a fantastic prospect Big, strong kid, 6'3", 228. We're talking about very good to elite mobility, very good arm strength. You talk, We talk about driving the ball for those deep outs uh, across the field, and we're looking at wide hash marks in the college. I'm seeing this guy put things on a line across the field. He's an outstanding thrower of the football. Similar to Dak Prescott, when we, when we would watch Dak Prescott early in his career in Dallas, very accurate on hitch routes. Uh, a lot of the things that come back to the quarterback, not so much of the things that were going um, a horizontal of the quarterback, so or a perpendicular, if you will. Um, but but that's the thing about Fields is that he's hitting slants, he's hitting people in zones, he's putting the ball in places to have them continue to make yards after the catch look really good. Uh, and, and I'm I am crazy excited about Justin Fields. Uh, the his ability to buy time in the pocket with subtle movements and not just like run, look to run or escape when there's pressure. He's he's someone that I am so incredibly excited about that if I'm looking at the 102 in my Superflex leagues, I am absolutely thrilled because I feel like I still hit as big of a home run as a person who had 101 and took Lawrence. So Justin Fields, uh, there are obviously there are things that I can critique about his game and maybe we'll talk about it, but. I wanted to get all my all the things that I'm very excited about with this game out first because he is he is a fantastic prospect if he hopefully he chooses to declare in the coming days if that's the case. Right. As a prospect, uh, this is a kind of a, a lot of people don't know this. As much as Trevor Lawrence was touted, Fields was right there. Like he was right there with them. I think rivals are twenty four seven. One of them had Fields over Trevor Lawrence. I think it was rivals, but I'm not I didn't have that offhand. So he's but they were both like, you know, nine nine percentile of quarterback so yeah i like that man um let's see robbie what you got? yeah I, I love when notes match up because like cody had said at the beginning you know when you dive to a certain depth of, of investigate investigating the quarterback you're kind of like god do i know what i'm doing am i am i doing this correctly you're kind of questioning yourself and then j mike says you know he, put, he puts the ball on the line oh yeah i have that puts the ball on a rope when he delivers it for, it's my first line perfect okay i'm doing this correctly so yeah man he we we like i said we're going to talk about arm strength a lot and i think there's different levels man his his throwing motion is so quick and it snaps and he gets that ball to the guy on a rope um, i think that's really um, just the first thing I see when I watch him play. Um, he, he knows how to protect. Whenever you're talking about quarterbacks that run a lot, I think knowing how to protect yourself is something that it seems like rookies have to learn when they get to the NFL. It looks like when he runs, he knows how to protect himself. He knows how to get out of harm's way. We've seen how many slides or lack of slides from, from rookie quarterbacks where they're just getting demolished. It seems like there's uh, always a couple each year. And I feel like he, he just knows how, how to get down and protect himself. Again, the, going back to the deep ball, um, he can hit the sideline. I think that was the, the last thing that I had. Um, it was OSU versus Rutgers. Um, obviously, Rutgers not always the most dominant of opponents, um, but he was always just hitting these sidelines, especially that right sideline. When he's throwing that right sideline on the comeback routes and on those deep outs, 
it, it, it was magic every single time. I, I don't know. They, they could have double teamed the wide receivers. He still would have put it in the only spot um, that his guys could have gotten it. So, yeah, just adding to some of J. Mike's praises of him. Um, yeah, he's, he's exactly that, that type of fantasy quarterback that you want. And so if you look at uh, you don't have that 101, what does that 102 look like? Or if somebody doesn't need a quarterback and they even – you know, go for, for one of these top wide receivers or running backs, and he falls maybe even to 103. I think you're you're getting a really good player in a class where he would be the 101 in most other classes. All right in our chat, actually, Jay Mike even said something about was that that throw late in the title game where Fields hit in the Jigma in the in the corner of that, and they they called it back. But holy shit, was that a throw! Crazy. That was a beautiful, beautiful throw. So. David, I'm, or I'll go to Cody on this. Cody's Cody's unmuted, so he's ready. So, what does it do though if Fields goes to the Jets? Like, what is this? Denzel Mims wheels the fuck up is what it does. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else matters. No, the you, you guys have all touched on the on the arm strength with him. I if we're comparing the top two guys, I do like. Fields' ability, like outside of structure on those improvisional plays. I, I do like those better with Fields than I do Lawrence. The question I have for you, Dwight, you kind of just threw this out there and then just hurry up and switched. You said that you like Lawrence's rushing ability better than Fields, or you think he's better. Uh, I would like for you, sir, to expand on that. <laughs> no, just uh, if you if you watch them running, Trevor Lawrence. Somebody um on Twitter said that they thought that Trevor Lawrence had better vision than Travis Etienne, and I'm like, you could almost make a case for that. Like you watch the kid run up the, he's really good at sliding through zones and, and finding holes in the line. Like when he runs, he's really incredibly effective. Uh, it's kind of uncanny, like like to watch him run. I imagine that the NFL will be a lot different because. Six six two twenty. It's pretty frail. That that's he. He definitely is a wiry kid. So I don't think he'll be running as much in the NFL, especially if he's the one. You know, the one hundred one, and they're going to be paying him four hundred million dollars in five years. So I think that rushing ability will will be tapered off quite a bit in the NFL. But it's nice to know that it's there if the play breaks down. Uh, yeah, the biggest thing that nobody. I mean, you guys have definitely pumped up the praises on Justin Fields. So Berg, I'm going to lead you into this. Like the, the biggest detriments and the things that I see. And like what you guys pointed out was how he extends the plays, but that is also a huge detriment to him. Like he, one of the biggest knocks on him has been is he holds the ball way too long, takes way too many sacks, like, and he takes way too many unnecessary hits because of how long he tries to extend the plays. So I definitely like to see that internal clock get a little bit better for him. And you got to start reading that. So Berg, what else do you see that you don't like about Justin Fields? Well, well, if you watch the uh, Northwestern game, uh, the Big Ten championship game, I mean, the dude was straight up lost, like lost at sea. Uh, I, I mean, it took <laughs> Trey Sermon running for 300 yards for them to come back uh, in that game because Fields was so bad, like straight up bad. So I, I think you, you get concerned that, uh, you know, at the next level they're going to be able to uh, – scheme against him and get him confused and frustrated and you know is there a way to unlock what uh the northwestern defense unlocked uh that day uh, in the big 10 championship game so i think that um is a pretty you know a pretty concerning game i i i don't like uh reading into it and suddenly fading him super hard because obviously it's just one game and everyone and things happen but 
you you do have to wonder what was going on in his head because it, it wasn't so much uh, his you know physical uh, play; it was his mental. He was really just he just seemed lost. And that's and and Bird, you you have you have hit the nail on the head when it comes to some of the questions surrounding Justin Fields. How soon can he be more efficient in processing coverages? Right, he'll hold the ball, and a lot of times, and we see we saw it in two different ways this season. We see the Indiana game where they got after his behind all game long, uh, and him try to speed up, and he made poor decisions in those in those instances. Then we turn around, and conversely, in the Northwestern game, we see them flood the field with zone uh, and make him try to hit holes and all these other places, and even sometimes in man, but they have a lot of guys in coverage. Don't rush a ton of people, and he's still struggling because he's waiting so long, and he's not able to process and make these quicker decisions in those moments. and And it's inconsistent in times when he's able to do that, because at times he is late on the deep ball, and that does show when he's under throwing or throwing into traffic. Uh, and when he is forced to, when he's trying to press to make a play, can he eliminate those forced throws in the coverage? Um, th- those are definitely some of the questions that I have with Fields, along with hey, wherever he lands, whether it's with the Jets or whomever else that may be picking near the top, will that offensive coordinator maximize his mobility as a runner? Because he's a truly special runner, uh, different in a different way than Lamar and other guys like that. But he's a big, tough kid who does have some wiggle uh, and is able to make people look really bad in the open field as well. So there, there are a lot of questions to be had uh, with Justin Fields. But, man, that that ceiling is something that you that you dream for in, in Dynasty. Yeah, like my biggest knock, and and what he answered against Clemson was that that killer instinct. You know, I I have not seen that in the game before, and boy, it's like when they when Skalski hit him late and like broke his hip, basically. Like you just saw a different Justin Fields take over. You saw the ice in the eyes. You know, the glare, the steel. It was just that's what I've been wanting to see from him for for two years at Ohio State. So that that was cool to see. I, I like to see that. And like you guys said, Trevor Lawrence never really had to do that. Both of these guys are going to be great quarterbacks in the NFL for a long time. I don't, I don't think you can nit, you can nitpick a little bit here and there, but I think they're both going to be in great, great spots in the NFL. So, on it, let's move into what I call the second tier. That's pretty much what it is, guys. This is a that's your one A, your one B, however you want to do it. So these guys are here. This is my second tier. I'll start out with Zach Wilson from BYU. We'll start. Yeah, we'll start there. I, I was going to go down the list. So the, he's my number three. But you know, I have now that I've gone through all these games and took them back. I, I kind of have trying to to look at him a little more critical because I have been riding this Zach Wilson horse like all season, man. And this kid has been just absolutely amazing. So we'll start with Berg this time since you're out on the West Coast. Um, that's where Mr. Zach Wilson resides, BYU. Berg, you got anything on Zach Wilson, bud? Uh, yeah, I have, uh, one thing down here. Uh, he famously went to prom with two BYU cheerleaders, <laughs> um, which I saw on Twitter and it made me laugh out loud that that was someone's <laughs> notes. Like, I wish that was like <laughs> someone's notes on me. Oh, Berger, uh, from Ohio famously went to prom with two cheerleaders. So uh, I, I haven't watched a ton of Wilson. I'll, I'll be transparent like Cody. Uh, well, from what I have seen, he looks like a college quarterback to me. Um, I, I, he doesn't, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me, to be honest. Uh, Berg, you, 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 you could take two Ohio cheerleaders to prom. The Ohio <laughs> girls, come on now. 
Yeah. And also, um, you want to talk about outliers. There's been, there's been one quarterback from BYU that has been a franchise QB, right? Steve Young. Oh, going with the old school uh, narrative there. Okay. Berg telling the story. We see, you. we see you Emmy winner. Did you guys, obviously outside of Dwight, uh, Robbie, J. Mike, did you guys watch any 2019 tape of Zach Wilson in preparation for tonight? I saw their game against Washington uh, of 2019, so just one, one game. Yeah, I was just uh, – I, I was really impressed with how different he really looked from 2019 to 2020. Like the arm strength looked a lot better. He was making, uh, you know, better throws and better reads. And statistically, that was also bonkers. He, uh, he attempted only 17 more passes in his junior season – but completed nearly 50 more passes for 1,300 more yards and 22 more touchdowns and had six fewer picks. Um, so that, the, I like the, the fact that it matched up with, you know, seeing the differences in his arm strength, you know, from sophomore to junior year. I, I didn't dig deep enough to see if that was, was his training different? Was it a, a coaching change? So I don't really know if there was anything behind that improvement from 2019 to 2020, but I did like seeing that. But the thing that I did not like is his ball placement kind of seems to be all over the place. Like he he had like the the ac- the completion percentage is there. The so the quote unquote accuracy is kind of there. But when it comes to his ball placement, it was just kind of all over the place, and he didn't, doesn't really seem to to play with like too much touch either. Like there was some like there was a a, a throw in particular down the right sideline. Dude is wide open. He like tries to put touch on it, and it just falls like three yards too short. Like the the receiver literally has to stop, go back, and get the ball, even though he's wide open. There was no pressure for him. So the, like those are just some of the things that I nitpicked. And obviously, whenever you're seeing some of the hype of you know he could be QB two overall, maybe he's even a, a dark horse for QB one. I I don't get that hype at all. I I I can't go that far. Like I think he's a fine player. Um, he has to learn how to protect himself better. Um, kind of seemed like he was like really calm, cool, and collected in the pocket, like almost to a detriment at times. Cause like he would move around at some points, and it was sometimes it was just like the, the, the game glitched and he didn't see that rusher coming and he would just get hit, you know, fumbles and taking sacks and running 10 yards behind the line and taking a sack then. So I, I do like him. Um, kind of has a little bit of that, you know, that moxie. If you you know to throw a a cliche on a on a small white guy, uh, you know has some moxie. But um, cu- curious to hear what you guys have to think and kind of where you have him ranked in the, among these classes. Well, real quick before we go to Robbie, uh, you, you do know that Dwight has a moxin comp on Wilson for your moxie reference from uh, Varsity Blues. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, take us to, to sanity, please. I'll, I'll flip the script a little bit. Uh, I think we've hit on some of his flaws and and kind of going back to the 2019 film, um, I, what I thought really improved from 2019, which actually I thought was a, a pretty good film against against Washington. Um, but he was really patient, or he wasn't as patient in that game. Um, I saw him kind of uh, kind of force some balls that should have been picked off. He didn't actually have a lot of interceptions, but he had two or three that should have been. And then we flipped to the 2020 uh, season and the two games I watched there. 
he was just very, very patient chewing up zone. Now, I, I think that a couple things could come into play. One, the competition that BYU plays. I, I, we're not talking about Clemson and Ohio State anymore. Um, I don't know how good his offensive line grades against, you know, defensive line. I didn't dig that much into BYU, but he seemed to have a lot of time. And so with a lot of time, obviously you're going to perform better. And he, he chewed up all types of zone coverage. Um, so I think he definitely excels uh, against seeing the field. Like I think we just finished kind of maybe knocking Justin Fields on vision, maybe progressions a little bit is my knock for Fields. And I think that's on the flip side, something that Zach Wilson actually does really well. He seems to to scan the field really quickly. If this guy isn't there, then he'll go to somebody else. Or if he needs to wait for his guy to, to hit that opening, um, I think he does a really good job doing that. Um, you know, for a, a, a smaller guy, I think he's 6'3", 210, which isn't small, but it's smaller than the previous two guys who mentioned. He has a he has an arm. Uh, the coastal game, he has a like a sixty yard bomb that um, I, I don't think it actually was completed, um, but it was right there, and I just wasn't expecting that. I wasn't ready for him to to just launch it um, with that accuracy, and it was just right outside the guy's um, outstretched arms. But you know, I, I do think he moves around good in the pocket. His mobility again. We we talk about what we want in fantasy. Um, the 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 Matt Ryan's they have to be so good at passing to make up for their lack of rushing right and, and so with, with Zach Wilson I think that's something that you can get you can get the 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 yardage on the ground as well so um, that's a plus for me um, but yeah it's 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 just a little bit tough to to compare the the BYU competition I think they're one of their tougher games was against Coastal where he leads them back on this last uh, great game he leads them back all the way down to the one um, and they and end up losing. Um, but yeah, I, I think he, he has a, a lot of fight in him and a lot of drive. Um, so I, I did like him as a prospect. I have him close to fields. I, I probably in that next tier, but, um, I do have him as, as QB three. So yeah, let, I'm excited to hear what J Mike has to say on him. And I don't want to echo a lot of what you all have said. Cause I feel like we've, we've hit it really well. Mobility, arm strength, deep accuracy. Stop us if you've heard this before. Uh, this class, <laughs> class at the top is littered with these guys, uh, who have, uh, again, the, the, the fantasy cocktail dream there, uh, when it comes to, uh, when, when it comes to, uh, something that you look forward to, not just to be able to have, uh, longevity as a starter, but to give you some of those. Okay. Can you get me into the top 12 of my league in terms of QBs? Can you get me near the top? Can you bring, the rushing ability, the ability to hit these deep balls um, and, and the accuracy that comes along with it to really bring a boost to my fantasy team. Zach Wilson is definitely going to do that for you. While we do sometimes see lackadaisical footwork between him and fields, uh, just kind of uh, just the, the set quickness isn't something that they're rushing to get to. Um, like you said, Robbie, his ability to scan the field, even in the midst of not having the, the quickest set, still really impressive to be able to see. Um, my hope is somehow, some way he finds himself with a creative offensive coordinator because I would hate to, I would hate for him to, to fall into the arms of a Daryl Bevel, to fall into the arms of someone who isn't as creative as we'd hope and uh, really watch what, what could be a special talent go, go, go to the wayside. Uh, I don't have Zach Wilson as my QB three. I will leave you all hanging as far as that goes, but I like his ability and Cody. I'm so glad that you added context as well in terms of being able to watch him improve 
from a year ago to what he's become now because as a 21-year-old, you're really excited to be able to see uh, what what can become of a talent of a 21-year-old with all the world ahead of him. So I'm excited to be able to see uh, how he how he's going to be perceived on draft day uh, and if he can continue to to grow to the player that we we like him to be and hopefully uh with that with that step up in competition he doesn't become someone who falls to the wayside my biggest as a huge supporter of him my biggest fear is that you know that he won't have time to grow cuz he's not going to start day 1 but you guys mentioned Moxie, and that's what I've used a thousand times describing him. He just plays – he's a football player, and he loves the game. The biggest improvement, like you said, between year, last year and this year is he's reined in his gunslinger mentality. He's, he, there's documented stories of him studying, like, the game. You know, all these big quarterbacks, like, last between last year and this year, he's put in the work. He's very intelligent. Um, I I just I love I, one thing that one of the biggest knocks that we didn't mention you kind of mentioned the ball placement and I, I've I've heard I've read that he's some that he leads his receivers into danger a little bit too much which I didn't notice as much but I, I probably need to just go back and look again sometimes when I look you know I'm just looking but I I just love the way he plays the game like I want that guy on my team like he's just so much fun to watch and I think he'll he'll get there but it's going to take a couple of years and I hope he lands on a team with creativity that will give him some time. So a hey, real, right. real quick, not, not knowing anything about draft capital or anything. This is just everyone. One, one word answer. Who would you rather have on your team at present on your dynasty teams at present Tua or Zach Wilson? We'll start with you, Berg Tua, Cody. Got to go Tua. Robbie. Lefties stick together. <laughs> Dwight. Uh, man, right. <laughs> okay, I, I, I was curious how far the stock had fallen for Tua um, with Wilson, so I was I was just curious, kind of where where he would land in this class. But anyway, Jamie, what's continue. what's what's your answer? Tua for sure. I wish I had uh, some Zach and uh, Debbie leagues to trade for Tua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the the. Tua falling is ridiculous, just absolutely ridiculous. I, I mean, I'm not giving up on the kid yet. So, anyways, what, that's that's a whole. What, what whole was different. the deal with that whole um, Instagram post though that he did about thank you Miami? Was that just like a for the season? It really felt like a farewell post. Did anyone catch that? Mm-hmm. Is that made up or you know? No one talk, knows what I'm talking about. Tua had an Instagram post. All right, we'll move on. Uh, we have some breaking news if you guys want to talk about it real quick. Kind of affects uh, players we've talked about. Sure. What's up? I didn't see Robert, Robert Sala is going to be the Jets head coach. Ooh. I like him a lot. I was hoping the Lions would get him, but interesting. Does, does Sala automatically become their best defensive player? <laughs> <laughs> and the mic drop. All right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Interesting. I, I, yeah, I'm going to have to dive into that. So, expected to bring LaFleur with him. Nice. I am very curious to know who J. Mike has as his QB3. I think yeah. I'm with you. I, I think I'm with you. We'll see about it. We'll see about it. Uh, QB3 for me currently uh, with, with, the, with the games that we've looked at and whatnot. Likely the most special D-ball player uh, in, in this group, Trey Lance. 
Trey Lance is something else. <laughs> I mean, say his yes. name. You can say my man's name, Trey Lance. Uh, was able to watch some games, obviously from 2019, as well as the one game that he had this season against Central Arkansas. You talk about ball placement. You talk about pocket poise and presence. You talk about accuracy short, accuracy long, mobility, arm strength. The kid has a very, very special touch on the ball. You talk about being able to hit pinpoint D balls, being very clean in that instance. Uh, I mean, chef's kid. It's it's the stuff dreams are made of. <laughs> I'm, I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of Trey Lance's now. I, I could go on and on about and, and wax poetic about how very good marks that he gets and all of those different things, his field awareness, um, all, all those things. I get it, and and people are, have likely heard those things. The the question, and it's a huge question. Because it's something that could say, okay, you can be as 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 highly taken as as QB three in this group, or you could flame out and be not in the league in three years because we watched you play one good year of football and it was an outstanding year at North Dakota State. The level of competition is not even of that that Zach Wilson's played right. We, we want to knock Zach Wilson a little bit for for level of competition. We've got to look at Trey Lance and say, okay. Just because you beat James Madison in, in the in, in in the tournament, and you know you play the likes of Butler, and I mean looking like looking like a high school team out there, and your offensive line is mowing down everyone. You you got a lot of clean pockets, you got a lot of clean looks, you got a lot of clean coverages that you were able to decipher quickly, which is which is nice. Now fast forward to 2020 when we watched him in the one game against Central Arkansas where they gave him all that he wanted. Them boys got after his behind. They rushed him. They sent a lot of bodies at him. We watched him get sacked. We watched him have to run for his life. We watched him be confused. We watched him make some poor throws that we didn't see in 2019 when he boasted a 28 to zero ratio of passing touchdowns to interceptions. So the question about the competition is incredibly valid and it is a question. Tia one year wonder, is he going to be able to show us that 2019 wasn't an anomaly and that he can walk in the likes of an early, early career Carson Wentz and really come on and not be afraid or not be uh, shy away from the, the, the major step up in competition that you're about to do. And will you ever learn how to slide and take care of yourself? Because that's something that really bothered me (laughs) because as much as you want to be able to pulverize these cornerbacks uh, in your division, like, Okay, you, you're about to deal with some some grown men uh, who who will who will eat your lunch if, if that's the case. But again, we've said it before: arm strength, accuracy, mobility, fantasy cocktail rides again. Shake it up, stir it up, however you want it done. Trey Lance gives you a ceiling that is very beautiful. Please make sure to tip your bartender on the way out. Uh, J. Mike, you hit on everything. I'm not gonna. I'm not. My questions were the same thing. Level of competition, I'm going to have to watch that Arkansas game because the games I watched, I did not see him pressure, like you said. Just had had the pocket. The thing that I really like about him, he obviously has the athleticism, but, like, he didn't he didn't just go to that first. Like, he will – again, when I'm watching and I just see his eyes go, you know, left to right, right to left, I take that as he's going through his progressions. Is he – I don't – you know what I mean? I don't really know. 
Because like I said, my, my depth of knowledge when it comes to breaking down quarterback is minimal. But it, it seems like he goes through his progressions. He will take the check down. He'll run when it's necessary, but he's, that's not the thing that he's looking to do first. And if you want to talk about tools, man, this, this guy was so much fun to watch. I, I really liked him. I'm glad we're on the same page, Jay Mike. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear what, what everyone else thinks. But I, I was on the same page as far as my, my questions with him as well because just didn't really see him have to deal with pressure, and that's obviously not going to be the case at the, the next level. Right. Yeah. It's man. There's so much to love. He's got the high, one of the highest upsides in this class, just because of all that, you know, but he's also probably got one of the lowest floors because of all that as well, because we haven't seen him and it's going to, he's going to have to land like Jay Mike said with Wilson, the same, he's got to land in the right system. He's got to land somewhere where he can learn, you know, but man, he is just like, I don't know, just hit his running ability. I and mean, he had 1100 yards rushing and 1400 t- 1,400, 1,400 touchdowns, yes, 14 touchdowns in 2019. And then in this one game you played this year, that rushing was there. Like you saw how exciting it was. Uh, it was, it was amazing. But, you know, his passing was that, like I said, they pressured him, so they had him a little bit off. His first half was ugly as far as a passing. But, you know, you, you, you take the kid out and tell him he's got one game to play to show everybody what you can do. Like, come on, what kind of pressure is that? I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing a high school team. That's that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. So, yeah, he, he's got one of the highest upsides. I, everything you guys said is exactly what you like about him. The deep ball is is beautiful. He, he's he got the – he's 6'4", 228, but he is built really solidly. Like, he's, he's like, stout. Like, he can, he can take a hit. So, yeah, I like a lot about Trey Lance and, and just landing spot. You know, this three to five is going to be really crucial for that. So – Sorry, real quick. I would I would just love to see him land in a, in an offense like what they're doing with Baker in Cleveland, which just like the play action, all those rollouts. He was really good at doing that when whenever I was watching. So whenever you were just talking about landing with the right team, and that was something that we saw Lance do that you know really we didn't see Fields or Trevor Lawrence do too much, and that was just taking snaps from under from under center. You know, I mean, doing the like, I, I think that gets blown out of proportion whenever we're talking about guys going to the next level. Because I, I mean, is it really that difficult to stick your hand underneath the center's ass and you know take take a snap if you practice that enough? Like, is, is it really that difficult? So I think that gets blown out of proportion. But I, I like the fact that we don't have to say like, oh, is he going to be able to do it? Because they they did plenty of that, and the like I said, the, the play action, the bootleg, get him running on the outside. I think I would love to see him go to like a play action heavy kind of system. Got to go to ESPN plus you got to go to detail. You got to turn on Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning will tell you he loves seeing those quarterbacks get under center and take a snap. There's nothing like getting under center and getting the snap. According to the great Peyton Manning. Let me fill that sack, baby. Uh, speaking of uh, that show, and that actually will uh, segue to what I would like to say. Watching DJ with Peyton Manning, one of the things he really harps on is the ball fake, and dude has ball fake skills. Uh, probably some of the best uh, of these QBs that I've seen, actually, besides the top two, obviously, who are pretty good. But I mean, the guy really sells it. I, I that. That's something as as a viewer of Peyton Manning's detail I look for now when I, I watch these guys and uh, love Lance's uh, ball fakes. That just shows uh, QB acumen to me. 
You know, it's not the make or break uh, statistic or, 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 or attribute that, you know, that uh, is going to make me hate or uh, fall in love with someone. But uh, it could, um, you know, tick up my love a little bit, I guess. Last thing I'll say, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because the thing that I didn't like is he like had that hitch with every single throw. You saw him kind of do the thing where he like he goes to put in his hand and he pulls it back. So like I just don't know how good he'll be with like a, a really quick, you know, three step drop where he has to get it out on a on a timing route because he does have that hitch with literally every single throw where he like goes to his hand and he pulls back and then he releases. But Dwight, I want to hear uh, you obviously have him at five on this here sheet. I want to hear why you hate him so much and you want him to fail. No, I don't have him that low, man. He, he, like they've bounced this three to five has jostled so much throughout the season. So I, I like him a lot, man. And it's it, three to five's landing spots for me. Like these, all three of these guys can be successful if they're put in the right situations. So yeah, I like all three of these guys. So, all right. And speaking I, of I, the I, third I, guy, I got to do, do one quick thing on Trey Lance. Um, why he's not number three for me is I just think he's kind of raw. Uh, we, we hit on how he only had one full season of tape. And when we saw, um, you know, a, a little bit better of a, of a competition in central Arkansas and a little bit in the James Madison, um, I just saw a lot of things that, that are definitely fixable. Um, but I think he needs a little bit of time uh, to, to fix some of these. Uh, and, and Cody, you kind of hit on it. And again, we've said this over and over, like we're not experts at, at scouting the, the QB. I, I didn't play the position personally, but I definitely noticed something with this throwing motion that was just a little bit different. It seemed like it was a little bit longer. Um, you, you called it a kind of a hitch. I, I saw him kind of drop the arms, but just, there's just little things I think that um, can definitely be cleaned up. But I just want to note that his, his, what I would deem it as being raw and having the arm strength, having just, I mean, we talk about him being able to take hits. He delivers hits guys like this guy uh, breaks any and every tackle. It seemed like, Design runs, um, he was all over the place running it. So I think that was just an amazing strength. Um, but I just just some of the things that I think it takes a, a couple of years to develop as being a quarterback and, and learning the offenses and, and the defenses. I think that's something that I'm. He, he's a little bit lower um, um, for me just due to that reason. Yeah, he does break a lot of tackles and he does take out, but that's the level of competition though. The guys he are playing, he was breaking tackles are. 100 pounds less than what he's going to be getting in the NFL. So, all right. <laughs> Damn, you guys. You guys, actually, you're leading into my next one, my next quarterback. Ready? You guys ready for this? Mac Jones, baby. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Anyways, I, I can't I can't talk about Mac Jones without singing that song, baby. So, <laughs> so. All right. I'm, I'm the only one. But anyways. All right. Mac Jones, the statuesque quarterback for uh, for Alabama. I can't believe he's only 6'3", 214 pounds. I mean, the guy on TV, like I was watching the game Monday night, he looks like he's like 6'6", 240. Like he looks tall and, and big. Anyways, this year he had just a phenomenal year. Threw for 4,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, four interceptions. Of course, he was throwing to the best receiver in college football. But let me see what I have on Mac Jones. I'll give you guys a real quick look here. Is he's got good poise, leadership, throws an amazing deep ball. Definitely a pocket passer. Not very he does not move a whole lot, but has not faced a ton of pressure as well. So there are definitely some things that I worry about him. The level he does play the le- the bigger level of competition, but he's also throwing 
to some of the best weapons there are in college football with the best running back. <laughs> you guys got to shut up in the chat. All right. Anyways, <laughs> apparently Cody wants to talk. So Cody, what is your take on Mac Jones? Smart ass. <laughs> the Greek God, the chiseled human being himself. No, I, I just, I think he's Kirk cousins at best. Which, which has been fine for, for fantasy purposes, but I just don't get the hype on him being – like I, I would probably have him at like five or six, to be honest. Like I just don't think he really does anything like that special. Like maybe I, I'm letting Berg's hate just uh, shape my opinion a little too much because Berg has been the the anti-Mac Jones for, for a while now, and anytime anyone says anything positive about him, Berg is ch- – jumping into the chat and just saying, no, 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 that's, that's going to stop right here. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just don't get it with him. I don't think he does anything that that's honestly that special. There's been a lot of chatter. Um, I, I am from Pittsburgh. So obviously the, the hometown team, there's been a lot of chatter, especially after this last playoff game where they just got fucking trounced that, you know, the Steelers could be looking at uh, Mac Jones in the first, I would rather take, I don't like if Trask falls to the second, like I'd rather take Trask. You know, I'd rather take a shot on somebody like that than, than Mac Jones in the first. I just don't, I don't know, man. I, I just, maybe I'm knocking him too, because whenever you're surrounded by literally everybody is five stars. Like, I, I think that might help just a smidge. I think this is one of the more confusing quarterbacks to, to grade in the, the class. I mean, we, we've talked about questions yeah. with all of these guys and level of competition and all that, but this is almost the inverse, right? Where you're surrounded by so much talent that, that how do you, how do you grade him knowing all he has around him? Um, I think that's the big question. That's not breaking news. I think that's going to be the, the conversation um, we'll see on Twitter here for the next uh, months, years, <laughs> who knows, but he is all throttle, man. Like when this guy is going, he is all throttle, little finesse. He 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 just goes and fires, man. And and I think that's what made this this offense so exciting is is that he just makes dynamic play after dynamic play, um, just driving it all over the field and letting his playmakers play. Um, he he just does a, like you said, Berg. I I don't or, sorry not Berg, but uh, Cody. I don't know if he does anything amazing, but he does all the simple things really well, which made him the perfect quarterback for this system that he didn't need to do all of that. So that's why he's tough to judge. Like if he needs to do that, can he do it? I don't really know, but he did a really good job of just uh, keeping his eyes downfield because he knew he had a good line. Um, He did a good thing getting his dump offs to Najee. How many, how many great uh, pass catches did we see from Najee in the last uh, handful of games here in the college playoffs where um, he took it to the house. So yeah, he, he does a lot of uh, things well. I think he fits the ball into tight windows really well because he knows his receivers are going to get it. When he doesn't have all that talent around him and he's facing NFL talent, does that stack? I, I don't know. Um, he's one of the bigger question marks for me. He, he could go all the way up to like a, a QB3 or he could be all the way down to maybe QB6. I don't, I don't really know. Um, right now he's kind of in the middle there. So I'll keep it short and, and let someone else keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, and Berg, Berg, I know we, we, we laughed before about you hating on, uh, Mac Jones' A dot. Uh, just, just going back and watching, cause I watched a ton of Trevor Lawrence. If you hate, if you hate Mac Jones' A dot, 
you have to also hate Trevor Lawrence's eight time. You talk about passes in and within true. five yards from the line of scrimmage. Oh my gosh, it's just, it's just funny. But the, the 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 beauty of Mac Jones, and the, and this is this like you said when we, when we're trying to parse through all this, the play caller, the weapons that he has, all these different things. The beauty of him is that as a decision maker, as someone who will make good choices in the pocket, he's as good as anybody in the class. He's not someone who's going to put your offense in harm's way. The problem becomes specific, uh, specifically for fantasy is what is the ceiling if you take Mac Jones? You have to have a lot of things go right for Andy Mac Dalton. Jones because of his lack of mobility. A lot of things have to go right for him to be one of the difference makers in fantasy. It's really nice because somebody said Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he could settle into a nice little Kirk Cousins and give you a couple of weeks where he's QB8. QB seven, but majority of the time you're looking at QB 18 or QB 19. If he's not surrounded with a group like, 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 let's say Matt Jones ends up in Denver. All of a sudden I'm really excited. Like that's awesome because all you're looking at Noah Fant. You're looking at Jerry Judy. You're looking at Cortland Sutton. You're looking at weapons galore for him to just be able to get rid of the ball, let these guys do work. And he's going to get them, get them the ball in a position to be able to make plays consistently. The, the 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 question is the mobility. He doesn't offer you the Konami code. Bring it up. There it is. Uh, he doesn't offer you the same cocktail that we get from the other guys. But it's but that's what makes him intriguing. Is if he gets in one of those places where uh, he can be cultivated and be surrounded with an immense amount of talent, that's when it gets really interesting for Mac Jones uh, as as a prospect. Yeah, I definitely think uh, you want to get this guy in a place. Uh where there's a lot of weapons, but uh, I've already been mentioned twice as the number one Mac Jones hater uh, so far. And uh, so I will let my hate flow. Uh, the guy throws nothing but 10 yards and under. Um, and why not? That's what I would do. Um, I mean, he's throwing to like some of the, <laughs> to the single greatest wide receiver season of all time in college football, uh, which he was a quarterback. So, Hey, he, he did help make it happen. Uh, Najee Harris is literally a god among men out there in every game. I mean, literally, it's like he's—it's an NFL team playing against a college team week in and week out with this team. They won eleven SEC games. These guys are going to litter the draft. It's going to be crazy. So, I don't know. I have to say though, uh, in preparation for tonight, Mac Jones has won me back a little bit. Uh, especially after the national title game where he was kind of making me eat my words by airing it out a little bit. Uh, and I have seen some other pretty, pretty friggin' nice deep throws by Mac Jones. Uh, plus, uh, I found these, uh, stats, which speak to my, the fact that he barely, he's, he's like a outlet passer. Uh, he, his 77.4% completion rate tops the previous NCC single NCAA Single season record uh, of 76.7 set by Colt McCoy in 2008 out of Texas. Meanwhile, Jones, 203.06 passer efficiency rating past the NCAA single season record set last year by Mr. Burrow at 201.96. I mean, uh, Joe Burrow was pretty good. Colt McCoy, hey, he played in the league this year. And then uh, he's also having a season for the ages, uh, top player seasons, uh, total, Q, total, eh, total quarterback rating here, Q, 
QBR since at least 2004. Mac Jones topped the list. Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Tua, Tua, (laughs) Justin Fields, Russell, Andrew Luck, Kyle Trask, Tua, Baker. That's the top 10 in QBR since 2004. Pretty nice company to be in going into the draft. Yeah, these these are the five guys I think that will go in the top the first round, you know, and yeah. Say what you want. They're all going that high. Yeah, I, I don't see in this league. Yeah, I mean that's just you can think about the quarterbacks that uh, I don't have a list right now, but there are, are several quarterbacks that I think that teams are going to want to replace. That yeah, this exercise on two, you got the Patriots potentially. Oh, definitely, yeah, Patriots. Yeah, the, the the thirst will be real for, for quarterbacks. So the question becomes, uh, how how desperate do the teams up top make those teams that do need to or feel like they need to come up? Well, it's so crazy too because I feel like last year I was looking at like who's going to draft Fields and Lawrence, and I was like, wow, it seems like a lot of teams are really set at quarterback. And then cut to a year later, it's like, man, half the league needs a quarterback. <laughs> it changes so quickly. It's so crazy. Right, right. And the last of like the big six, I guess, is what what, I, what they've gone by for a while. Though Trask has really taken quite a hit lately. Is Kyle Trask in Florida? Six five, two forty. Um, had a hell of a good season. Threw for forty two hundred yards, forty three touchdowns, eight picks, and then just kind of all like all a lot of his deficiencies came rearing rearing its ugly head in the bowl game. Although he was missing his top four targets. But um, things I have about Trask are he has good footwork, um, pretty good under pressure. He's accurate, has good ball placement, but he just doesn't have that much of a deep, like a, an arm, honestly. He's got a decent arm, but he can't make a lot of NFL-type throws. Uh, his mechanics are a little, eh, not the greatest. Uh, doesn't really throw a good deep ball. you know. So like, if you want somebody that can, can, that can complete a whole bunch of passes under 20 yards, you know, that's Kyle Trask. And I do think that he's capable of possibly being an NFL quarterback. Um, but I, I don't know, man. It's going to take some coaching. There are certain things. He He's another guy who made a huge jump from 2019 to 2020. So just night and day difference. So what do you guys think on Trask? I'm kind of curious. Is there any hope for him in the NFL? I'll jump in real quick, Dwight, just because I, I think that you, you pushed me to have to go back and watch some more Trask. Um, he, he's one of the few that I haven't gotten a, a ton of time in terms of uh, eyes on, but in the times that I saw him, I, I did see the, the ability to put a lot of nice touch on deep balls. And yes, it's Kadarius Tony making these plays. Yes, it's Kyle Pitts making these plays. Uh, so, so, so a couple of guys who are, are best in class at what they do, but, um, the, the I, I have, I have questions with, Trask regarding uh, his mobility, regarding how how special can he be? Because his, the ball that he throws, oftentimes he, does, he exhibits a lot of nice touch. And I, I don't know the arm strength. I think it's I think it's good. I don't think it's special. I don't think it's with the other guys in this class that we really get excited about. But I think that Trask is a pretty good playmaker who showed incredibly well this season. And again, if he's surrounded with talent, I. I think that he's who can make uh, put his receivers, put his playmakers in position to do great things. Um, so I think I need more. I think I need more watches for Trask. I like what he's able to do with ball placement and specifically accuracy short. 
I think that there's more to be desired in other areas, so I'm I'm curious to dig in a little bit more to to see that. Cody mentioned Pittsburgh, and I would love him in Pittsburgh. Like if he fell to the second round, you know, and was able to sit. I don't know if you guys can tolerate another year of Big Ben or not, but you know that's a uh, I think a pretty good spot for him. Uh, what do you think, Cody? Yeah, my my big uh, takeaways. J Mike touched on a little bit was that uh, Pitts and Tony are hashtag good. Uh, that that was my my big takeaways when I was watching him. But other than, like. Dwight, you touched on a little bit, like his arm strength, like it just seemed like he was like lackadaisical with, with his throws. Like he just kind of like, you know, even ones like over the middle to his checkdowns, he was kind of just like tossing them over the middle. Like he would, like he didn't drive any balls. Like it didn't really seem like that there was like urgency, but then he would have some of these throws between two defenders, you know, tossing it up just over, you know, that, that first defender, right, you know, right underneath the, the second safety that's, that's coming down over top. It's like, oh, holy shit. Like, I, I sent a, a clip to you guys in the chat right before this, and it was, like, on the sideline, perfect placement. It was just like, oh, shit, that was really good. And then you just see these other ones where he just has, like, he, he just doesn't have the, the velocity behind it. And I I think Deshaun Watson kind of showed us that that isn't the, the, the end-all, be-all when it comes to, you know, production at the quarterback position at the next level. But – there, there were just a bunch of inconsistencies. Like he has those plays where like he has some really nice touch and ball placement. Then he has some ones where he just like seems like he almost like doesn't care. Like he kind of just stands there. And then I, like I said, I don't really know anything about the mechanics, but sometimes it just seems like he is just like all over the place. Like you'll see him set. And then if he has to move, like his like hips just completely pop open. Like his feet are pointing two different directions. Like they're, you know, at fucking – five and nine on, on the clock. Like it, like it was, it was just like weird to watch, especially uh, out of structure. And if his, uh, his first read wasn't open, but is that something that can get fixed? That's where my kind of knowledge falls short. Like, I don't know exactly like, Oh, okay. He could work on that if he does this or that could be fixed. But, you know, like I said, it was just a little, little inconsistent, but like some of his like good throws were like, Holy shit, good throws. And then some of the other ones were just like, do you even care? Like you realize this is like an actual game, right? Like just like floating balls left, right over the middle. So I don't know. Curious to hear uh, what you guys think on him. I can go next if you want. I actually watched uh, a lot of Trask today. Um, and uh, I came away feeling rel- relatively positive about him. Um, I, I mean, he's definitely a pocket passer. He has pocket presence. Uh, but that was also mostly because he had a pocket at Florida. He wasn't, didn't seem to be pressured all, all that much. Uh, but when he was, uh, he knew how to move around in it and get up, uh, make a throw. He didn't seem flustered. He, he seemed to know where he was on the field, which I like. I, you know, I don't think he's the, the most accurate passer, but I, I think he has touch, to be honest. Uh, a few throws in the, in the Mississippi game, he's a bit pressured and, or he had to throw it off his back foot and he landed it to the right spot. I mean, accuracy, I think is definitely an issue, but I, what I do like about him is he seems to get the ball to his, as you guys have mentioned, super skilled skill players, uh, and Pitts and Tony. I kind of feel the opposite of Mac Jones with him in that with Mac Jones, it felt like the system was providing the opportunity to get it to these guys while Trask was like finding ways to get it to his playmakers. Um, 
and taking advantage of who he had on the field. I'm not in love with uh, his ball fakes. As uh, <laughs> I mentioned the ball fakes, not the harp on that. Uh, having watched a lot of the detail, uh, his ball fakes are a bit lackadaisical too. But I will say this because the guy's running play action nonstop. I mean, almost all game. I, I actually think that is a, a bit of a feather in his cap uh, at the next level. Uh, someone who knows how to run an offense, running a lot of play action. NFL, I think, is moving towards that. So someone who's comfortable and already has those mechanics in place I think that that's uh, going to be a positive for NFL scouts. And I would say landing spot is a big thing for him too. Someone that, you know, would actually want to take the time to develop him and has an offense that utilizes the things that he does best. And in terms of his passes, what I noticed is uh, he really worked the sidelines. I felt like he mostly throws to the sidelines or the seams. Those were seem to be his best throws. Um, I wouldn't say his deep ball is a work of art or anything. Um, but he was capable of getting it uh, to people. I feel like he had a nice change of pace. Met, someone mentioned him lofting a ball. That's because I noticed he had some nice loft uh, to receivers uh, in terms of timing and get and, and having a big play with that. Trask, I think, uh, is a guy that uh, probably from you know what you guys have mentioned before in, in terms of some, in terms of some of his uh, negatives probably needs some work. But uh, I think he has potential. Going going forth, I'm going to try not to repeat everything that's been said, but uh, Berg, you hit it, right? Uh, I said with Mac Jones, he's like that. Uh, he's just firing it in, and and Kyle Trask is finesse. Um, I saw a lot of, of touch passes, timing passes, dropping it over. Like his go-to is the back shoulder fade. Like he was hitting those um, a lot in, in the games that I saw. It's almost like, I don't know if you guys uh, are, are gamers still and, and play Madden, but in Madden you can you can scout the rookies that are coming up, and when you do the first scout, it shows their throw power, right? And everybody's throw power is A or A-, minus, and then you're like, okay, let's hope they can just have, you know, a, a B or a, a C-plus throw accuracy, right? Accuracy is normally everything that you need to work on. He's the flip side. Like, his accuracy, I think, is really good, uh, short, intermediate. It's just that, that arm, like um, – uh, uh, White said at the beginning, I don't think it's an NFL arm. And, and that's what worries me. I think that really caps his ceiling, but he makes a lot of nice throws, uh, a lot of good throws. And I think we've seen that from a lot of college quarterbacks that sometimes it just doesn't transition to NFL success. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But this is a guy that, that I think once the combine goes and they're all starting to look at a lot of these measurable things, I think maybe he drops uh, a, a little bit. Whether that's fair or not, uh, I'm not sure if he goes um, as early as, as we might have thought when we looked at the season and saw how well he was performing with Florida during the season when he had those those great talents around him. So he does some really, really good things really, really well. Uh, love some of his touch throws. I think that's one of his best attributes. Like we said, though, he's not a, a big mover, not going to get you a lot on the ground. And then the arm limitations really uh, scares me off him. I actually have missed QB7 uh, right now before we hear about landing spots. I will say they did call uh, a few design runs for him, but I only think he had two touchdowns or so on the year um, on the ground. Um, but I was a little surprised. That's my alarm going off to make sure I check my um, dispersal in uh, auction addicts. <laughs> um, Throwback to Kamikaze. I had those alarm. I had an alarm go off in the middle of class. I was in uh, first year of masters. Uh, when we did our kamikaze auction, and I had an alarm go off in my night class. <laughs> so that's a little you gotta, throwback. Got to get those auction bids in, man. 
I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get through these last couple names here. Just a couple other names that uh, this, this, that's the top six. I mean, that's the guys that are, uh, although Robbie just said trans was seven. But anyways, these are other guys that, you know, have a shot, you know, like guys that could potentially be NFL backups, at least, I guess. Uh, a big name going into the season was Jamie Newman, who transferred to Georgia. And we've Kind of expected some things from him at Wake Forest last year. He threw for 2,800 yards with 26 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And we saw some things that we liked. And then he goes to Georgia in a situation where he can be facing SEC defenses and he decides to sit the whole damn year. So just for that, I don't want, I don't want him. Like, what the hell? Like, why would you not, why would you do that? Things I do love about him, his size and mobility. Um, he's he is fairly accurate and has great anticipation, but he's really not good at reading defenses and progressing through his reads. I really wanted to see more from Jamie Newman this year. I think everybody did that in some people's top five, and then he just sits out the whole year. Anyways, has anybody got anything on Mr. Newman there? Not a ton. Um, I, I really wish uh, he would have played, but you know everybody's kind of uh, doing their own thing, looking out for for the safety of themselves. So no no. Ill will, I guess, from a, a real standpoint, from fantasy standpoint, I wish I could have seen maybe that next progression because I saw some inaccuracies that I wanted to see fixed um, once once he had his uh, senior year. So didn't really see that. He kind of fell, like you said, from a lot of boards. So unsure, I guess, just big question mark right now. Right. His numbers were definitely elevated by having Sage Surratt to the row two. I mean, Surratt bailed him out on many throws, many, many throws. So... I don't know, just a name that will probably get day. He'll probably get drafted day three, but I, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of hope in him. So another guy that surprisingly declared was Davis Mills from Stanford, who has an, he has a pretty damn good arm, like an NFL quality arm. He makes he drives the ball downfield. He goes through progressions, but only in only when he has a clean pocket. I mean, when when he has and he has to move at all. Like his consistency just goes way out in the middle of nowhere. So I was really surprised that he came out early and decided to go into the draft. So I don't know if you guys have anything on Mills at all, or like he's just, he's a project guy and he's got a great arm, but everybody has seen Sam Ellinger. All right. So we'll go through, we'll talk a little bit about (laughs) Cody, whatever. You've seen Sam Ellinger. He started at Texas for the last nine seasons. So, anyways, he's got a, a very good, he's a very good college quarterback. I mean, he's just, he's, they call him Texas Tebow. He's got this crazy throwing motion. He runs the ball. He's incredibly dangerous running the ball, incredibly dangerous throwing on the run. But his consistency, you know, as you go through the levels of the field is just like it's it's good within 10 yards. And his consistency as it goes farther is just has gotten – it gets worse. So just a very inconsistent guy. Had those gaudy stats running that Texas offense. But just another guy who's – possibly be a project. I mean, I could see him bouncing around the NFL for a few years. So J-Mike can't stand Ellinger. Come on. Yeah. He's just a, he's a college guy. He's a college quarterback. That I, I know this is Berg's man's, so I, I don't want to slander him too badly, but I am, I am so far out on Sam Ellinger. I, this, this is a, this is a men are from Mars. This is from J-Mike is from Mars. Ellinger is from Venus. I could not be more out on Sam Ellinger. Uh, and Berg, I know this your man. So I I I this is the, the floor is absolutely yours here. 
I mean, I just, uh, anytime I ever watched him play, uh, I thought he was fun and he put points on the board. Uh, he, he, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like he's got a little something in his game that translates to the next level. And that's just being a winner. No, I don't know. He's not definitely didn't win that much Texas, but he was able to put points on the board. I always liked him. I don't know. He, he, he always seemed to be, uh, in games that were high scoring. Uh, he also went to the same high school as Drew Brees. Ride that narrative into the sunset. I, I I think that though, for real, I talked about this with someone else. I, what if the Saints drafted him in like the sixth round? It would be one of the one of the biggest waste of a pick. Oh my god! No, I'm just kidding. Um, the, the, the the my issue with Sam Ellinger is uh, it is very difficult for me to trust any quarterback who struggles with accuracy uh, to be able to do well at the next level. Playmaker, yes. Fun to watch run the ball, yes. Cool to watch him truck people, yes. Um, competitor, wi- uh, winner, gritty, gutsy, uh, all the words that you like. I mean, those, those things are fun, but but he's not accurate with the ball at any level, and that is tech. That was Texas's biggest detriment uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and that that will be any detriment to the team that that take that takes him if they so choose to take him, and that, that's. That's my that's my issue with Ellinger, and it's a big issue. But um, I don't I don't I'm not trying to slander the man. I'm not trying to slander what he could what he did at Texas or his career at all. Just a matter yeah. of just a matter of that. That's all. Do you think um, so? Fromm went seventh round last year. Ellinger can go undrafted. Yeah, Fromm was fifth. Fifth round. Okay. Yeah, he so, was right after. I think he went Eason in the fourth, and then Fromm was next in the fifth. He had a. I mean, I feel like Fromm profiled. Better for the the pros than Ellinger, so I think uh, my boy has uh, has uh, a bit of a issue getting into the league. <laughs> I think I think you kind of hit on something that I wanted to talk about because Dwight brought it up at the beginning of of landing spots for QBs. I don't think there's as many openings as as it might feel like, and I think this might push QBs down a little bit further. Maybe especially because some of these quarterbacks didn't play uh, this past season and. and there's, there's still kind of maybe a question mark out there, but kind of just going through the teams, we feel like the Jags and the Jets are probably going to take um, our top two guys with the top two picks. The next team that I came up that probably for sure needs a quarterback is, is the Patriots. And then I got down to the Washington football team is that fourth team that's probably going to need to take a quarterback early. There were some other ones with the Bears, Colts, Vikings, and Panthers where they maybe could, but I just didn't feel like there was a ton of, of QB holes that we see in other years um, where maybe this is the year where only three, maybe four guys go in, in the first and some of the rest of these guys are pushed down a little bit more, which I don't know exactly what that does for our um, super flex drafts, but um, I know draft capital is obviously a big, big piece of that. But I was just curious on your guys' thoughts. If, if you thought more teams or less teams or, or just what you thought on some of these landing spots and, and potential openings. I mean, everybody seems to think the 49ers are going to get one, you know, like even though they still have Jimmy G. I like Trask to San Fran. I want one of the more – I want Zach or Trey. Yeah, I want Zach Wilson with the 49ers. I think that would be very exciting. But 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 if they did, I don't think – I don't know if they – if the 49ers take a quarterback in the first, they could, obviously. I just – there's some teams like the Bears, Colts, Vikings, Panthers, where I just – I think they have a need but I don't know if it's a first-round quarterback need as opposed right. to those first uh, handful of teams that I named. 
Yeah, I, I think that's going to be one of the questions is what are, the, what are these teams going to do to get under the, the cap that they're saying is going to be shrinking, right? So what strategies are, strategies are they going to take? Are they going to be okay paying these quote-unquote mediocre quarterbacks all of these dollars that they're currently paying them, right? So so even the likes of uh, Carson Wentz, Jimmy G, the older guys, um, are, you know, are they coming back? Does Drew Brees come back? Does uh, Ben Roethlisberger come back? Does Tom Brady come back? And up and down the line, all these all these guys is the quarterback position, which you can obviously save a ton of cap on with. If you've got all these guys that you like in the class, why would you not make it a point to go and get them with an earlier pick uh, to to help your team uh, with with where you're struggling in in this economy? So uh, I'm curious what strategy they take with with that, because I'm with you, Robbie, on the surface doesn't necessarily seem like there's a ton, but. I could see a lot of folks feeling and getting really desperate uh, to to be able to help shrink, sh- uh, you know, with with shrinkage there. I guess to, without with with a lack of a better word there. Yeah, and I think you brought up a good name there with Carson Wentz because if, if we see him leave town, I think that's another QB opening that that slams shut. Does Jameis Winston get a job? Um, you know, I, th- I think there's a couple other spots that there might be stars that currently aren't stars on teams. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe the, this this class is another five QBs in the top fifteen picks. We'll, we'll see. But it just seems like there's not quite as many openings. But I think the good thing for uh, fantasy gamers is that um, even if you know you're not exactly a scout like us, uh, the sharpest of the sharp, um, you can let draft capital and landing spot be a, a bit of a guide. Even if you don't know a ton about the player or the prospect, uh, if you're just taking first overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars, you can safely take that player first as well. And I think that that'll help shake out some of these guys as well in terms of where you're taking them in your rookie drafts, which is what this is all about. That's honestly been my approach the past couple of years with playing dynasty is just letting draft capital and then reading what everyone else is saying about like the coaching staffs around them. And that's really how I've just kind of let, you know, in terms of like looking at the quarterback position, that's, that's literally what I've, what I've gone by. This is the first, I tried to get out of this one. Like I said, at the, at the top, um, I, this is literally the first time I have spent any time really watching uh, you know, college quarterbacks. I, I've just gone the draft capital and what smarter people are saying about the the coaching staffs in place to kind of guide my quote unquote rankings of the quarterbacks. Yeah, the only two names that I that are any bit interested in is is Brady White from Memphis. I mean, but Jay Mike, you, you've had the chance to watch him for a couple of years. Another just he's a good college quarterback, kind of a in a really good system there where they don't ask him to throw the ball a whole lot, like deep down the field. Uh, like they don't make a lot of NFL throws. They do a lot of slants and screen passes and things like that, but he's put up some gaudy numbers there. He can move around, read zone defense as well. And uh, Ian book from Notre Dame will probably end up being drafted. Although I think he's just a mobile guy who doesn't really do anything for me from a throwing standpoint. So those are the only two guys that I'm really generally at all interested in. And I might stash on a bench just for like a spot start here and there type of thing. So yeah, I, I, I will posit this as we as we head into this draft season and all the news that will fly around inevitably. Um, I just want to encourage people who are listening to make sure, please, 
make for certain that specifically in your super flex leagues, feel free to take stabs on any of these guys that may be going late or going to these situations that are really weird. So let's say that a Brady White somehow finds his way in Washington. Uh, definitely take a fly on him, even if they didn't take him into like the sixth round or if he was undrafted. These ambiguous situations at quarterbacks can find you hitting the jackpot with, okay, Jalen Hurts went in the second round, but nobody thought that Jalen Hurts would hit the field unless Carson Wentz ended up getting hurt again. And it didn't even necessarily take Carson Wentz getting hurt for Hurts to see the field uh, and, and obviously shake the entire apple cart to what the Eagles may be doing moving forward. So these guys that 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 we aren't necessarily so super excited about or not the most ballyhooed, um, keep an eye on these guys later in your super flex drives because people will inevitably think that they're trash or that they're not good or, you know, whatever you can strike gold. And all of a sudden your third round Jalen Hurts that you took now becomes a value of a first plus in your, in your super flex league. So uh, just, I, I want to make sure that people are mindful of that moving forward. And the depth is always, you know, like we saw John Wolford start games this year. I mean, he, yeah. there, I saw people starting them in their championship games. Because they didn't have options, you know, like it's, you know, you, you can almost never have enough quarterbacks. So I think all, all, all 11 of those guys that we mentioned are, are, you know, they have a shot. So just curious, Robbie, um, who's your quarterback six? You said you had Trask at seven. So I was curious. Yeah, I've only I've only watched uh, seven QBs in, in, to a point where I feel like I can rank them. And, and I did look at Ellinger and I had him over Trask just based on arm talent. I, I think that's just a big knock for me. I, when I think of somebody who doesn't quite have the arm talent but has the brains and has the accuracy, I kind of think Case Keenum, which I don't think Kyle Trask is at all, but that type of a player. And I just think there's a really low ceiling there. So he's just seven for me right now. Um, but like you said, landing spots will will affect a lot of these guys because who's who do they surround themselves with? How can they fix what's fixable? I think are, are really big things as well. So um, they're they're both in in a tier three for me, um, so I guess it really doesn't matter if it's six or seven. They're in a tier below these other guys. So, all right, Cody, gonna tell everybody what you're working on. What you guys what do you guys got going on at CFA right now, man? Typically, I focus on the redraft stuff during the season. Robbie and Tom have been holding down the dynasty side, but now that redraft is over, it is uh, all hands on deck with the rookie and dynasty stuff. So we're going to be doing a lot on that. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, which by the way, I went to find some Jamie Newman film. I went to this YouTube channel called Devi manual, tried to find the Jamie Newman film. <laughs> and I, I came up empty. I, I did try and do some work on these bottom guys uh, right, right before the pod, but th- there was no Jamie Newman film on the Debbie Manual YouTube channel. Um, spark, yeah, that, notes, spark Notes came up blank on, on the last-minute homework. No Spark yeah, Notes available. Yeah. Went, tried, tried typing into Google, you know, write my essay for me, and nothing uh, nothing came up, so I had to hand the, the, the blank sheet to the teacher and, you know, just wipe some skin marks on it and say that my, my kid pooped on it. Um, <laughs> but no, just, uh, just a, a bunch of... We're really focusing on the YouTube side of things and the uh, and the podcast. So you can just search uh, the Fantasy Authority on both of those things, and hopefully we we see some of you guys soon. All right, Robbie. Yep, just uh, doing some of those those videos. 
uh, Tom and I have a Dynasty 101 series. This is the type uh, time of year where a lot of people are trying to check out Dynasty. I remember this was me four years ago. Like, oh, there's what the heck is this Dynasty thing? You can go even further in rosters. I can I can know who these uh, these deeper players are. So it's exciting, especially when you're first time diving in, and it's just trying to to give people the, kind of the the 101 uh, of how to get started in it. So. That's exciting, um, and and just getting ready for the, the the rookie draft. I feel like we we have created this this uh, our boxer chat and, and the scouts. And when did we change it over from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one? I think it was right after the NFL draft. So it's been a long time coming, and we're still a couple months out. But continuing to to dive into these guys, um, for, you know, for my leagues and, and for for these conversations. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to to our running backs and wide receivers talk, and, and you guys will get a little bit more excited. I feel like I was the only one excited about tight end last year. I think we'll get a little bit more excitement this year from everybody else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Brevin what Jordan. What? <laughs> what you got, Burger? What you working on, bud? Uh, I have a show premiering uh, February 12th on FX. Uh, hip hop uncovered. It's the story of hip hop. What more do you need? Boom. Uh, six part doc series. Uh, should be good. We have interviews with Dr. Dre. Pretty big. Ice T. Pretty big. Uh, and, and many more. It's, it's, uh, pretty, pretty amazing to be a part of it. I think it's going to do well and I'm excited for everyone to check it out. Um, and then I've been working on another show that will hopefully sell, but, uh, it's not quite there yet. But uh, I'm excited to talk rookies with you guys. I, I think for me, uh, you know, it, and it's this is um, I like the the guys. I like finding the nuggets, the diamonds, and um, it's tough to find a diamond in the NFL in the quarterback position because, uh, quite frankly, they don't happen that much. Uh, they're pretty exposed. They're they're drafted in the first round. Um, so I think uh, as we go on here, we're we're going to be a little bit more uh, back and forth and a little bit more excited and. A little bit more stands on some of these guys. I think that the the quarterbacks, the tiers are pretty well set, and there's a little bit of jockeying for the the second tier, but um, draft day is going to really kind of dictate where these guys uh, go in your rookie drafts. Well, hell, we're all we're all promoting like nerdy football stuff, and Berg comes on there, and I'm talking to Dr. Dre. Like I didn't realize we were promoting our TV shows. I have the history of Magic: The Gathering coming up on history. No, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm really curious to see how Ice T, the guy from uh, SVU, fits into hip hop. I'm curious to find that to uh, hear that story. <laughs> <laughs> he has uh, an interesting trajectory that's for sure holy smokes yeah it's all, all right. about uh yeah it's all about that man <laughs> tune in to find out <laughs> hey j mike what you got bud i'm on twitter at j mike check at jmic check just grateful for this time back with you guys. Uh, truly, my friends, uh, people that we've been doing life with. Robbie was talking about how you start dynasty leagues. And I remember all of us just trying to figure things out in Kamikaze just what was it, four, four or five years ago now. Uh, and you look up in time flies and you're doing podcasts and doing life with people and sharing weddings and uh, ch- children and all of our lives. And it's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, life and death and all sorts of craziness. So it's, it's, it's really cool to be able to do this with you all. Uh, uh, the open bar podcast, 
live on Tuesdays. The dummies over with the folks at the FPN, the network, the network, excuse me, uh, with Dynasty Dummies and J. Mike's Journal as well, which I'm going to be jumping back into ideally um, here shortly. I've started it, haven't finished my latest entry, but got that started. So uh, trying to do some different things here in 2021, trying to keep my head above the craziness and uh, trying to trying to make sure that I can encourage folks like I'm built to do. So that's that's what I'm into right now. Nice. Glad to hear that's coming back, man. It's been a little bit of a hiatus there. So, yeah. Shout out to Open Bar, too. Everyone needs to be watching that. Yes, definitely. I don't know anybody who's not. So, yeah. <laughs> Between their premiering their WAT videos and their all kinds of crazy stuff that the guys at the Open Bar do. <laughs> so, all right, guys. You can find me on Twitter, FF People's Champ. The Debbie Manual YouTube channel is only me. And I still do videos for the nerds, so I probably don't have as many guys on there as you want. But I just started a couple playlists of 2021 prospects. So hopefully I'll start adding more on there. And a lot lot of my cut-ups are at the nerds, too. So, yeah, that's it, guys. And this is the Scouts Quarterback Summit Roundtable. We'll be back here in a couple weeks with some running backs, wide receivers. Who knows what channel will come on next? We may come on the Oprah channel at one point. Who knows? Who knows where our podcast is going to pop up? So this is Scouts. Scouts out, baby.